Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, December the 21st, 2021. It is currently 5.50 p.m. Central Time. And once again, it is time for us to return to Luke chapter 2. That is the Bible study exercise for this week. Luke chapter 2. We haven't made it really far. We've only dealt with really one major issue, which is really kind of a a detour and, and really... It's a side issue, but when I get it, you know, your emails really determine what I talk about, right? I, I hate, sometimes I love that, sometimes I hate that, but I always try to follow that rule. Hey, if, if that's the issue everyone wants to discuss, then that's the issue I have to discuss. If everyone wanted to discuss the fact that I said Joseph followed a government mandate and that bothered everyone, then I have to deal with it. And if your if you're attack or correction to Luke 2 and Joseph following government mandates, was to point to situations where they didn't follow the mandates, but then you leave out the fact that they didn't because of direct revelation from God. I have to at least point that out. I think that, I think that's what I have to do. So, um, I, I took the time to do that. I, I, I know that for some of you, you're probably like, why did he, why did he even address that? I, I know that, but it's just, I, my rule has to be, if you email me, then your concerns have to be addressed First and foremost, this is a ministry not for me. It's a ministry for you. So if the the people who email, they get their issues addressed first. The people who talk about it in the Discord channel, they get their issues addressed. So we, we have a big historical issue with Luke 2 that we have to talk about. And I'm saving that when I have more time. But for now, we're going to go to another email that I received. And this one, instead of having a problem with me, which is a good, it's always good when I get the positive emails. They, they, the positive emails are always smaller in number, th- number than the negative, but at least they're always more encouraging. <laughs> okay. They, 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 they cancel out the negative ones, but I, I got one today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to uh, present this as almost an assignment, right? I haven't given you any assignment. So this is going to be your first real assignment in Luke chapter two. And I want everyone to participate and I want everyone to, to, to determine what, how does this impact your understanding of the text or how does this impact your, how, how you picture the so-called Christmas story in your mind? Is this, does this change the way it's been presented? Because this is so very important. When we come to Luke chapter 2, so much of our understanding about Luke 2 is greatly colored and almost clouded by the fact that so much of the Christmas story, we, in our minds, it's there not so much because of what we've read, but because of so much of what we've seen or what we've heard. Christmas plays, little Christmas pageants. Uh, you know, movies, specials, so much of what we, we, our minds, we kind of paint a picture, not so much from the text, but a lot from what we've seen and heard, not from what we've actually read or studied. So I don't know if this is going to make a major difference to you, but someone brought it up. And again, they bring it up. So I hope you're ready. So if I, I, I think I cut my intro short. Welcome everyone. It is Tuesday. I don't even remember what I said. It is December the 21st, 2021. And yes, I'm still in the empty sanctuary, Victory Baptist Church, middle of nowhere, Texas. If I left anything out, 
I apologize. But I, I want to get to this as soon as possible. Um, and I, hopefully, because I, I feel, I feel bad, um, because I've spent, you know, three out, four hours almost here today. Um, pretty close to four hours. And I felt like I've had to deal with more controversial issues, things that make me unpopular, things that make everyone hate me. And I really would <laughs> like to give give people something that maybe they'll go, okay, see, that's why I like you sometimes, <laughs> okay? I, I want to be able to get at least one positive email today. I want one positive email before the day is over. That's all I'm asking for, just one positive email, okay? And, and, yeah, that's, I, I'm, not, I'm not even asking for a donation. I just want one positive email. Maybe this one will produce a positive email, all right? Are you ready? Here we go. Here is the email, all right? This was sent at... 2.45 p.m. this afternoon. Man, I've been here at the church for a long time today. All right, here we go. Uh, it says this. I just taught Luke 2 at Sunday school last week. All right. Well, that's that's cool. That's, that's always awesome. I, lo- I always love hearing what people teach. Um, when they, when, I, love, I love when people listen to this who are teachers, and then they tell me what they teach. I like to hear what they taught and how they approached it and, and anything along those lines. All right. Uh, they, uh, so he's teaching from a, a certain, uh, for using a certain basically curriculum. I'm not going to name the curriculum or anything because I don't want it to be, you know, someone from that church going, oh man, I heard, you know, so I, I'm just not going to give any information there. They go on to say that this curriculum, they point out how there's no mention of an innkeeper, but every production of the birth of Christ has an innkeeper. I went to a Christmas Eve service at a local Baptist church two years ago, and they even had someone dressed up as the innkeeper to tell his account of that night Jesus was born. Whoa. Okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's right. Everyone hears about the innkeeper. That mean innkeeper told them that there was no room. That turned them away. I've seen it. I've seen it in a Christmas in a Christmas movie. I, I've seen it. Okay, I've I've seen it in a Christmas play. I've seen it in a Christmas pageant. Wait, don't mess up my understanding of Christmas with facts. How dare you? We 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 want Christmas to be this picture. So so does this change your your ideas? And let, let's let's go through this. Let's see what they have to say here. I'm sure you've already have studied this. Now, this is very important. Okay, I, I'm going to be honest with, I don't think, I could be wrong. Now, I do a lot of preaching and a lot of teaching. So sometimes people will say, hey, you studied this. And I'm like, did I? And they say, you taught this. And I'm like, did I? <laughs> okay, like, I don't remember. Okay, there have been a lot of hours of preaching and teaching, okay? You look at just how many hours of content has been produced just here for the Theology Central podcast. I, I hate to admit this. I can't remember everything. Okay. I'll get an email and they're like, I can't believe you said this. And I'm like, I don't even know what the person is talking. I'm like, what, what program? What? And they're like, this program. I'm like, you do realize that was like 50,000 hours ago of, of broadcasting. Okay. So can we, can we put this back in context? And then sometimes I have to go pull up the audio and go, well, I didn't actually say that. Or, or, well, you know, you were right. I said that. And well, I don't believe that anymore. And I'm sorry. Sometimes I have to say that, but. So I don't know if I've ever studied this. I'd have to ask the people in my church if I have. Well, 
They don't remember everything I've stuck. Never mind. I'm not going to ask the people in my church because then they, they never remember anything. <laughs> so, so let's, let's not do that either. Uh, I, I don't know if I have. So don't, uh, so there's a good chance that you're bringing something up that I, if I have studied this, I think I have completely forgotten it. Here we go. He says, I'm sure you have studied that, all of this. The Greek word for in is only mentioned two other times in the New Testament. And both times it was referring to the guest room where the disciples have the Last Supper. So the translator's decision to use the word in did a lot to shape how we view that night. We all grew up thinking that Mary and Joseph ride in on donkeys and arrive in Bethlehem just in time for her to go into labor. And they rush to find the inn only to find out that it's full, so they go to the shed barn out back. But if they had used guest room and the translation, we might have come up with other images. Plus, the Luke account reads as though they were already there when the days were accomplished for her to give birth. The curriculum they're using uh, also points out that there's no mention of angels singing when they appear to the shepherds, yet all the hymns tell of angels singing. And the account of Simeon, and I heard uh, MacArthur point out that you could tell from the gift that Joseph and Mary offered, turtle doves, pigeons, which I think is defined in Leviticus 14 as a gift you offer when you're not financially able to afford uh, the other sacrifice that was commanded, which gives you an idea that they had likely had not yet been visited by the Magi who brought gifts which could have financially supported them during their time in Egypt. Those are all some interesting points. Uh, but granted, I understand all, all of that along with comparing. Okay, then they go on and talk about some of the government mandates things, and I'm not going to get into all of that. So here's the question. What, in fact, I'm going to go to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to do Luke chapter 2 here really quick. I'm going to give you some assignments to look up here. Luke chapter 2. Let's start reading in verse 1. Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to uh, up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of, of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Right? So that does seem to give the idea that they were there. They were already there. Okay? And then when it was time to deliver. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in, a, in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, question. Let's say, for argument's sake, that it should not be translated in. It should be translated guest room. Does that change your perspective at all on the Christmas story? Secondly, if it shouldn't be translated in, should we no longer speak of the fact that, you know, the, the innkeeper turned them away or they went to the inn to try to, should we just completely remove that from our telling of the story and say there was no room in the guest room, but no, we don't know which guest room. We don't know. We don't know anything about it and don't add more to the story. Remember, this is one of the things I talked about 
and I, I, I've tried to be so dogmatic about this, and it ticks everyone off at me, but it, it, everyone gets mad at me, but that's okay. Um, when it comes to things like The Chosen, everyone's like, oh, I love The Chosen. I love The Chosen. Well, many of those dramatized stories of what Jesus and them did, they add so many things to the story. And you say, well, but it, it makes it for good TV. Yeah, go watch a good TV show, not about the Bible. All right. But when it's about the Bible, you can't worry about making a good TV show. You got to be about being accurate. If we watch dramatized versions where we get this idea that they go rushing into the end, I'm like, sorry, we have no room, but there's a barn out back. If, if that's, if that's the way we tell the story, we've got to make sure we have biblical support. So I'm going to do something really quick, but here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to look up the Greek word for in. All right. See how it is used. And see how it, how you think it should be translated. Is there any justification for translating it in? All right. So at least do some work on the Greek. Where is it used otherwise? And basically, let's say it, it means guest room. What, what, what can, we, what conclusion can we draw from that? What guest room? Who didn't, like, what do you, do, do we say like a guest room, like, a, like a, a guest room in an inn? In? Like, what do we do with that? I am going to do this for you. All right, so just look up the Greek. You do all the work in the Greek and see what you find. I am going to do this because I'm very curious. Um, that's uh, Luke 2, 7. That's Luke 2, 7. I'm going to do a Google search. Luke 2, 7. I'm going to do Luke 2, 7. I'm going to pull up uh, BibleHub.com. I'm going to look at every translation. All right, New International Version. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. No, guest room, what, like, like a, a guest, like the room guests stay in for an inn? Is that, is that how we, we do so? Um, now, the New Living Translation says there was no lodging available to them. ESV, there was no place for them in the inn. Berean Study Bible, there was no room for them in the inn. Berean Literal Bible, no place for them in the inn. King James, no room for them in the inn. New King James, no room for them in the inn. New American, no room for them in the inn. New American Standard, no room for them in the inn. New American Standard 1977, no room for them in the inn. Amplified Bible, no private room for them in the inn. Uh, Christian Standard, now that's interesting. No private room for them in the inn. Okay, that's Christian standard. No guest room available for them. Uh, no room for them at the lodging place is how the Holman Christian Standard Bible. All right. So do, do we, what, what, what do we do with this? I'm going to look quickly. Uh, I'm going to look at commentaries. What does any of the commentaries say? Um, they don't say, okay, there was no room for them in the end. The statement implies that the town was crowded with persons who had come up to be registered there, there, some perhaps uh, like Joseph and, and the descent from David. The inn of Bethlehem, what in modern Eastern travel is known as, and they give the, the words, uh, is, is distinct from what we would refer to as a, a, an inn of Luke 10.34. Luke 10.34, wait a minute. They say this place is different than what's mentioned in Luke 10.34. It's mentioned in Luke 10.34. And went to him and bound up his wounds 
pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. They're claiming that in Luke 2, whatever that was, was different than what we have here in Luke 10. That, that's an interesting, we, you, you, we can see if we can, what, drawing the correlation between those two. I didn't even think, I didn't even know that there was a difference there. See, so, all right, they're, well, they're claiming there's a difference. Uh, the I guess the one in Luke offered the shelter uh, shelter of its walls and roofs and that only. It had a memorable history of its own being named, okay. Um, okay, so they go through trying to, what, what, well, I don't know how they even draw that conclusion. They draw some, they jump to a lot of conclusions there. So they're saying that there's a difference between what was mentioned in Luke 2 and mentioned in Luke 10. I don't know how they, you, you can look up the different, look up the Greek word and uh, for in in Luke 10, 34 and compare it to the Greek word that's translated in in Luke 2. Are they the same word, different words? Why, why, why does this commentary say that they are different, right? Um, let's see what else they say here. Uh, this one. Okay. Well, most everyone says that there's a difference. I got, I got two different commentaries, both saying that there, this was different than the one in Luke 10.34. That's interesting. They, they all draw a distinction there. Okay, I'm going to see here. Uh, now, there was no room for them in the inn. May also mean guest chamber, as in Luke 22.11. But according to this commentary, but in seems to be the right rendering. There is another word for in in Luke 10, 34, which implies an inn with a host. Bethlehem was a poor place and its inn was probably a mere, and they give the word uh, K-H-A-N, which is an enclosed space surrounded by open recess of which, of which the paved floor is raised a little above the ground. There is often no host and the use of any vacant is free, but the traveler pays a trifle for food and water. If the, if the, if this place be crowded, the traveler must be content with a corner of the courtyard or enclosed place among the cattle or else in the stable. So most likely what happened is the, okay, according to this com commentary, these places weren't like, you know, oh, I got to check in with the, the innkeeper. There was no innkeeper, all right? Uh, okay, no, I, I, I want to read all of this. Okay, someone just posted something. So I'm going to go with, uh, first I'm going to go with this commentary and then I'm going to read what someone just shared. This is the whole reason we do the Bible study exercises this way because I like to get you involved, all right? So a couple of things. This commentary says this inn mentioned in Luke 2 was probably more, it's basically like you had maybe a wall maybe a little rised floor from the ground. There was nobody there. There was no, there was no, like no one to keep it. I guess it, when you left, you left a little food or water or something there, but there was no, there was nothing there. And if, it, and, and if you arrived there and all, all the places were taken, then sometimes you could go over to like the courtyard where everyone who was staying in those little areas where their animals were, and you could go over there and stay. So it wasn't like, Hey, there's no room in the end. It was like, well, this kind of open place where people stay. There's no room there. 
they're saying that that's more what it was. It's not the idea that they tried to check in at the hotel and there was no room for them there. And so that the mean guy didn't try to make provision for them. There was no one to talk to. They showed up and like, oh, there's, oh, there's, oh man. It's like, okay, there's no parking lot here. Okay. Oh wait, over there, over there. Okay. There's a place over there. That, that, that is what they are talking about. Now, someone just posted, hang on, let me go to, uh, let me pull it up. I'm going to pull it up on my iPad. I got to turn down the volume or my, or it's going to start making, they're going to hear me talking. All right, here we go. Going to open up the chat. All right, here we go. Someone uh, posted this. This is from gotquestions.org, which is always a good place to go. Traditionally, the inn referred to in Luke 2, 7 is thought to be a kind of a commercial hotel. And the place where Mary and Joseph took shelter was a stable somewhere in the vicinity. However, we don't know for sure if that was the case because the Greek word translated as in can also be translated as guest room. The translation would lead us to envision more of a private home filled with guests, plus a separate area used to house the family's animals. Sometimes the place for animals was located on the lower level of a house away from where the people lived. So when Luke refers to no room, he could have meant there was no rooms in the upper level which was already full of sleeping visitors or family. Archaeological findings have also revealed homes that merely had a wall separating the front of the house from the back, where animals were kept safe. Both of these floor plans imply an indoor animal shelter connected to the house in some way. Regardless, there was a manger or feeding trough in the place where Christ was born, and that was used as a resting place for the newborn Jesus, as stated in Luke 2, 7. So they offer even some additional insight. Now, you know what I'm getting ready, the vibe I'm starting to get. There doesn't seem to be a definitive answer here, right? So is it you just going down the road? Oh, look over there. There's a quote unquote N. It's just a wall, maybe a roof, an elevated floor. There's no innkeeper. You just find a space if you can find it. You stay when you leave. I guess you leave a little food and water. Good to go. If you can't find a place there, there's a place next to it, kind of the courtyard where they keep animals. Well, they couldn't find a place there. They went there. Or was it some kind of a house that had two levels and the top level was full, so they went down to the bottom level, but it was still kind of like an enclosed house where they kept the animals safe and the animals were safe there. And so it was a safe place for Mary, a safe place for baby Jesus and a safe place for Joseph. Or... Do we go with the idea that he showed up at the first, you know, the, the Motel 6 of Bethlehem and the innkeeper's like, sorry, got no room for you, lady. Go outside and sleep with the animals. Do we go with that? Do we go with that view? The bottom line is what we have to do is ensure that we realize that maybe we don't have a perfect picture of what took place. We don't add what movies, television shows, sadly to say, preachers add to the story. And again, I I always try to be as gracious as I can with preachers. When we're preaching Luke 2, I can I and and I bet you will went through this as well. The one who just uh, co- commented who emailed me saying that he, he uh, taught uh, a a lesson on Luke 2. I bet you anyone who's ever taught Luke 2 or preached it, 
You know, as soon as you open it, you're like, oh man, everyone knows this story backwards and forwards, upside down. How am I going to approach this in a way that, that I can at least, I can get from a glazed overlook to halfway engaged? How can I do this? And one of the go-to ways is, all right, everyone, you know the story. Now I'm going to tell the story and you try to tell the story and add a little bit of human emotion and, and dramatize it a little bit. But the only good thing is you may tell a great story but the great story may actually not be accurate. Now, you may get the, the approval of everyone listening going, oh, man, you really made that come alive. and You really made me feel there. And, and, I, and that was really great. Yeah, the only problem is now you just confused everyone. So sometimes you have to go for accuracy instead of a good sermon. That's one thing I've learned. What's more important, a good sermon or actually teaching the Bible? They don't always... They don't always go together. Sometimes teaching the Bible doesn't make a good sermon. In other words, it's all nice putting together and you've got that great introduction and you've got your three points and that emotional conclusion. Sometimes a good study is you're just digging in, working through the text. Now, I just want you, I want you to work on the Greek. You can work on the Greek there. And I didn't purposely didn't give you the Greek word. He, uh, Will and what he sent, uh, there was the Greek word and some of the other things. I, I've avoided some of the Greek words because I want you to look them up. Look, uh, what you may want to do, a couple of things. You may want to look up the word in and see how many different places it appears and then how many different Greek words are used, right? Because it appears that the word in appears at least a couple of times even in Luke, I think maybe three times in Luke. No, I think two times in Luke and in one time it's translated guest room. I think so. So you may want to look up N and look up guest room, right? And then see what the Greek words are for all of them. For, for every time the word N is used, which Greek word is used? How is it different? See what uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, interlinear has to say, uh, the, the whatever, whatever, lexicon, concordance, whatever you have, see what they have to say and just see if you can figure out exactly where in the world was Mary and Joseph staying when she gave birth. Exactly what did it look like? And if you cannot be dogmatic, then let's say we can't be dogmatic. Let's just not paint the picture that's not accurate. And if it ruins our Christmas story, it ruins our Christmas story, but accuracy is more important than a good sermon. It really is. And I'm so thankful Will brought this up. I would not even have brought this up. I would not even have mentioned it. I may have even been, I may have even been guilty of maybe trying to do a little devotional message about there was no room in the end. I, I may could have been, even fallen into that trap. So I'm so glad that Will brought this up because it gets us all a chance to really dig into this. So look up the word, look up the Greek for the word in and Luke 2. Look up just the word in and see any other places it's used anywhere in the New Testament. Does it use different Greek words? Look up the word guest room. Look up what the Greek word is for guest room and just see if you can kind of put piece together what in the world was, was going on here. I'm, I'm just going to see now that I'm thinking about it. Got to move everything here. I doubt, I could be wrong. Grabbing a Bible dictionary here. I bet you. Let me see here. I bet you they don't have an entry for it. I bet you they don't. Let me see here. Um, I got innkeeper. In. All right, in. This is what uh, the Bible dictionary says. A lodging place for travelers. 
Hospitality was a religious duty in biblical times, so most travelers were guests in private residences. Inns were usually primitive shelters or enclosures for travelers and their animals. So in other words, there's a good chance that when it says an inn, that that typically what uh, that well it shouldn't be translated in it should be translated guest room which would go with the idea that most likely they were staying with someone they knew but there was no room where they were staying so they had to go down to where the like if you go with that two story house kind of idea that the lower level was an enclosed shelter for the animals to make sure they were safe so they, that there was no place for them upstairs so they stayed downstairs where she could have the baby and be safe that that seems to be a better idea because they said it was a religious duty to practice hospitality. So they may have been with a place where they knew people, related somehow, and, well, they didn't have enough room up there for her to have a baby, so she went downstairs. So it's a completely different concept. It's not like that they were turning them away. They probably just didn't have enough room. Or if you just go with this little open area concept, it wasn't someone turning them away. There was just there was just no place for them in that little open area, and they went over to where the animals were, which again would have been part probably put in a place where the animals would have been protected and have been a somewhat safe area. Not saying it was the most glamorous. I'm still not. I'm not in any way saying it takes away from the fact that it pictures the humility of Christ coming and being born that way. Uh, it's still a beautiful picture and image but it just may be a little different than we typically tell the story, right? If I remember uh, back to the Bible, they did uh, this a long time ago. Uh, They did a Christmas, one year for Christmas, they had, they did each episode for Back to the Bible Radio. It's it's no longer what it used to be, but each episode was like the Christmas story from someone's perspective, from Joseph's perspective, from Mary's perspective. And I, if I'm almost, per, I'm almost positive, they did one from the innkeeper's perspective, which of course, all of that is just conjecture. I mean, they just made up all kinds of garbage in it, but, but it was, at the time, I thought it was cool. Uh, now, later on, I realized, wait a minute, they're adding to the Bible. At the time, I just thought, oh, this is so awesome. It's on Christian radio. And then I realized, you know, the last place you want to learn Christianity is from Christian radio. You have a better chance of, you know, you can learn Christianity anywhere else than from Christians. Okay, okay, that's a little, that's a little, that's a little harsh. All right, but there you go. So do your work on the word in, and what what do you think? What did you find? What do you discover? And let me know. It will be interesting. I haven't checked to see if the curriculum mentions it. So if anybody has a chance to check the curriculum and let me know, those who are part of the Discord uh, Bible study or Discord Theology Central group, by all means, start posting away uh, everything you want, everyone want. And anybody's listening, you want to join the Discord group, theologycentral.net. I have not deleted the blog post. I'm only keeping it there for a little bit longer. It's just giving anyone a chance to join. We're going we're gonna to control how many people are in a part of the group and that it doesn't turn into some free-for-all and crazy and yelling and debating and all that stuff. So, um, But if you want to pr- be a part of that, then you can be a part of this discussion and any of the other discussions that we've had. We're still we're still worrying about. Uh, wait a minute. So when when did this taxation happen? Wait, Josephus says one thing. Luke seems to be saying another. Is there a contradiction? We're, we still got to work on that discussion as well. But for now, Jesus was born in a 
where? There was no room for him where? He was born in a manger. What, what, what exactly was going on? Let's see if we can figure that out. Or right now we'll just focus on in. We could focus on manger. But I think once we figure out what the in was or wasn't, we get an idea of this guest room, wherever, wherever they end up. I think we get it kind of, it all fits together. So, but there you go. All right. There's, now I'm thinking we should have probably broken it down. What I probably should have done. I'm almost kicking myself. Um, manger in. Let's just let's go ahead and just add this. Look up the Greek word for in. What it was, what it wasn't. Let's see how in is used elsewhere. Look up guest room. Try to get, understand those Greek words. And then manger. What, what exactly was the manger? What exactly did it look like? Well, if the if if the inn was a guest room and there was no room in the guest room and they ended up in the manger, what we're figuring out is the manger probably the guest room was would have been like here's the room in this house where all the people stay. There was no room there, and so they the manger was just another basically room in the lower level of the house. So that that paints a completely different picture than we typically get. So all of these fit together. So in manger, let's see if we can paint a accurate picture of what exactly where Jesus was and wasn't when he was born. All right, there you go. You can email me all of your thoughts and disagreements to newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you so much, Will. Awesome that you brought this up. I greatly appreciate it. I hope it turns into a good discussion for everyone. And it helps us get a better idea of exactly what occurred. Because this is so important. While we're trying to figure all of that out, and it is important, let's just not forget that the eternal son of God was, the eternal son of God was born of a virgin. The eternal son of God took upon human flesh so that he come to redeem us. And that's, we, that's the one thing we don't want to miss in all of this as we try to figure out some of these other issues. But we're using the first part of the week to talk about some of these issues where the later part of the week we can do other things, all right? Now, I will be here tomorrow for a lot of live broadcasting, and then the rest of the week is going to work this way. Wednesday, I will be here. Thursday, I will be here. Friday, we will be here Friday evening, Lord's Supper. Where we Our Christmas day, we, our, our tradition is always to meet on Christmas, that kind of got messed up this year. We got people, first responders, people who are who work in healthcare. They can only be here Friday. So we're going to have everyone here Friday. And then Christmas Day, I will be here at some point doing live streaming. And then Christmas night, I'm supposed to be uh, some people of the church are getting together and we're going to do a Bible study, but not here in the church. Uh, we're going to do it at someone's house, I think is the plan. So um, I will be here then the rest of this week, every day. I'll be here doing something. So um, I'll, I'll make sure that I don't uh, rip you off. I'll make sure there's plenty here. I know you're going to probably not have any time to listen. Understand that. You do whatever you need to do. But whenever you have a chance to listen, the stuff will be available. Make good use of it. All right, I'm going to stop. I've been here so long. I'm almost becoming delusional now, okay? I've been talking for so many hours now that literally I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, okay? That's a lot of talking today, all right? So hopefully it was beneficial. Everyone have a great evening, a great time of studying. Let's talk about Luke chapter two. Can't wait to see what you find. Everyone have a great night. God bless.